Hey, VV Nation. Well, you found our podcast on your favorite platform for podcasts. We know that you'll love the content, and hopefully it makes you better informed investors in the stock market. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can go to YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, and Instagram. Just search for VectorVest, and remember, we do the work, you reap the rewards. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Afternoon Market Action. My name is Glenn. My name is Patrick. We are going to be your hosts for the next 45 minutes or so in letting you know what's going on in the market, um, what stocks are moving the market, why the market is moving in the direction or not the direction or whatever it is. So we talk a lot about what's going on in the market. We help to educate you guys and give you ideas on stocks to take a look at. If you can hear us, by all means, please respond in the in the affirmative, preferably with VV Nation, VV to Nation. let us know that we are coming across loud and clear. And Patrick Martin says, VV Nation Jockey Club, big profit, Patrick. For those of you who are uh, not subscribers to the VectorVest system, we do have a live day trading room and our Patrick uh, came up with a big win this week. It was huge. It was up as much as 150% at one time as a day trade. And man, he killed it. He killed it. So it is our day trading room that happens every Monday through Friday from uh, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. If you're not a part of that, uh, just go to www.vectorvest.com forward slash jockey club. You can get free access to the jockey club, to our live day trading room for a week for free. You can get live access to our jockey club for free for one week. www.vectorvest.com forward slash jockey club. All right. Um, but tell us if you're long or short right now. Right now, I don't know what Steve did today. I think he's um, he was looking at some contras today. Um, I, I I don't know, but Kamel, if if you're part of the Jockey Club, you'll be able to see it as well. Um, so there we go. All right, so Patrick, yeah, big kudos to you uh, in regards to that. Police SWAT, I'm doing a video Friday that's going to have Tesla in it. You're going to want to pay attention to that. A lot of people are asking me about different stocks, what they should be doing, if they should be um holding on to huh okay if they should be holding a stock or should not be holding i'm going to put out a video this weekend um in regards to that so make sure you check it out make sure you check it out all right um i guess we need to get into it right patrick let's talk about what so. news let's is moving it. the market would you say did you say something did you say something no, I, I've been saying a lot of something. That's all I've been saying is something. All right, let's get into the news articles I got pulled up for the both of us, starting with um, right here. This was big news yesterday with CPI news. It didn't come in. The market got killed. Today, it's uh, producer index. Uh, Mimic CPI in August as core prices kept rising. Uh, it was a little lower than last month, but still high overall. The market's feeling that effect. Uh, if you looked at today's uh, title, uh, it was dead cat bounce. We're going to see if we got dead cat bounce going on. Uh, thank you. Michael says on Facebook, I like you, Glenn. That's, aw. I mean, hold on. Let me cheer for that. That's, I appreciate that, Michael. So I've got chat up for both Facebook and for YouTube. So let's go see. Tesla, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any. <laughs> Just because you don't have it, Kenny, does that mean it's a bad stock? I ain't got any right now either. That doesn't make it a bad stock. Midterm elections market's going to go on fire starting in October. I don't disagree with you, but I think that there's going to be some reason why it starts to go up. Um, during the mid uh, during the um, midterm elections, and I think that at some point in time prior to the midterm elections, the market's going to get to a point of being grossly oversold, and it's going to push the market higher. Uh, I've been just looking at that because the most recent pull up we had, notice it was short lived. I kept letting you guys know that it was going to that I felt that it was going to be short lived. Our indicators never got us to a level of looking for a major bottom. Got close, but no cigar. That that rebound was only four days. That rebound was only four days. Um, so just keep that in mind. Why? Who doesn't like Mr. Tompkins? Says Kamel. Hmm. Probably Joey. 
Joey, do you, wow, <laughs> say hi, Joey. By the way, there you go. Wow, Joey, and I'm his. I'm his biggest fan. I'm his biggest fan. No, not really. All right, you got anything you want to add to this story, Patrick? I mean, not really. There's not a whole lot else you can add. Rates keep or inflation is still sticking around longer than than what the Fed wanted to, you know, to to say it would, and here we are. So, right. Peter in YouTube says, Patrick, we all like you. So got to give Patrick some love as well. Next story. How about this? Mortgage demand from home buyers falls 29% since last year's interest rate surge past 6%. That just makes sense. If interest rates are rising, mortgage rates are going to rise. People are going to have to pay more money for mortgage. This just makes sense. Um, but part of what's going on in the market, anything you want to add to that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, this kind of goes along with what we were talking about last week with the new uh, minority loans that they're giving out. Um, you know, this is showing why they're probably going back to these these ninja loans or my, whatever you want to call them loans that they're starting to push out now. Because, yeah, I've seen a lot of news that they're potentially a lot of them are starting to go belly up or getting close to going belly up. And yeah, it looks like they're they're in a desperation move right now. Problem is, we should learn from that, didn't we? Didn't we have an issue and put us in a bind the last time that happened? You no, not at his, all, man. You think that history should is <laughs> at least sit back and go, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But you know, um, people are get probably getting desperate for getting home buyers and say, all right, fine, you only make seventy five thousand dollars a year. I'll put you in this three hundred and fifty million dollar house. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, and the payments are only going to be um, $15,000 a month. I can't afford it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> just take That's, it. You're uh, not going to get good credit anyways. Might as well just keep your credit crappy. There you go. Um, ben <laughs> says, are we in a recession, Sir Glenn? I think we already are in a recession um, on paper. Uh, GDP has gone down for two quarters in a row. There are some things that don't match up exactly to a recession, especially looking at employment. Employment is still low. Um, and companies, for the most part, are still beating earnings. What did I say, though? Keep your eyes on earnings coming out for this quarter, which are starting to fail a little bit. But most companies are still beating earnings. Wait, let's look at next quarter. Let's see if next quarter, if companies start either guiding backward or missing earnings, uh, we'll see. I still think on paper, though, we are on that we are still in a recession. That's my two cents if you're asking me that a question. Um, Patrick, what do you think? I agree. Um, I mean, I think, you know, whether the Fed wants to call it a recession or not, we're, doesn't change the fact that we're still in a recession. You know, we've had the technical or we've had the technical definition being met, you know, just because you say something doesn't make it true. Uh, the numbers, the numbers stack up against what they're saying. So, yeah, I mean, by the the most basic definition, yeah, we're in a recession right now, whether they want to admit it or not. There you go, one bar. I got you. One bar says, "Notice me, Glenn. I got you, one bar. I got you." Um, Mindy says, "You are absolutely wrong about Ninja six percent loans." In the 80s, they were 15%. What were the rates back in 2007, 2008? Anybody remember? Anybody in the room? Wanna, I don't remember what the rates were in 2007, 2008, but I think that they had to be high. I still think that they had to be high. Um, Kamel says, not according to the VVC parameters, we're still in a boom market. No, we're not. We're still in a bear. Uh, sorry, we're still in a bull market by way of Vector Vesper. Yeah, earnings. we're in a case for bull market scenario where the bull market ends. And if Absolutely. you go back a few VODs, you can go see my my thoughts on that and how I explain that situation about how, you know, based off what we're seeing, I believe we're a little bit early, but we're not wrong on the fact that, you know, yes, we're at the late stages of a bull market, but we're we're at the very beginning of a bear market. The the analysis just haven't hasn't caught up because it's you know longer term data that you need to use off of that. All right. So, so Mindy said it was about fifteen percent in the in the eighties, and John let me know that reeks that rates peaked at seven percent two thousand seven two thousand eight. 
right? So we'll keep our eyes on that stuff. The next story is Patrick's story. Uh, Wall Street ahead, more worries for U.S. stocks and bonds. Talk to him about it, Patrick. Yeah, so this is playing off of what everybody's been talking about uh, this week. You know, the reason why CPI has been so important uh, or the, the inflation numbers that have been released this week are so important because it talks about what the Fed could potentially be doing going forward, uh, you know, with potential rate hikes. The 75 point or 75 basis point hike is uh, most the most likely scenario that we see next week be announced. Um, but this really takes it one step further and says, you know, we already know that the the rate hike is coming. It's been talked about. They've projected this for for you know the last few months. It should be as no surprise. And the, that's the thing that the market doesn't like is it's not the known. It's the unknown that the markets don't like. Well, coming up in a in a few days, the Fed now bumps up their uh, QT or their quantitative tightening. Uh, by double pretty much. So they're going to be releasing or removing $95 billion uh, a month, I believe, rather than the $47.50 um, from treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, et cetera, um, but off of their balance sheets. And, you know, there's there's a debate going on right now. That That's why I wanted to, you know, put this article in here today, bring it up so we could talk about it. Of, You know, there's analysts that range all the way from you know, it's not going to have any impact on the markets to this is going to be the main driver that drives the next leg down in the bear market. Um, and so, you know, that's the one thing everybody keeps talking about the raise the, the rising interest rates. But, you know, by removing or by unloading uh, their balance sheet, this can essentially have the same effect as raising interest rates as well, because you're not supporting the markets, you're not supporting the economy. Therefore, you're going to see a steady decline in the overall prices of stocks. If if the Fed's, you know, invisible hand isn't there to go pick them up, then stocks continue to go down with no support on the way down. Um, so, yeah, I'm more of in the mindset that, you know, this will have a bigger impact, maybe not right out of the gate, not the very first one, but over the next few months as they continue to remove um as they continue to remove 95 billion a month off of their balance sheets, this is going to have a bigger impact on the markets than just a rate hike. Uh, getting into it though, one of the projections that I found interesting is, you know, obviously analysts are like opinions, everybody has one. Um, or analysts pretty much give their opinions just like everybody else. But there's some in here that are that I found pretty interesting. We have to scroll down a little bit more. Where is it? Getting down a little further. Uh, here we go. Uh, so on the other end, Solomon, uh, North American Quant Strategies, the, uh, believes the Fed will cut ultimately $3.9 off its balance sheet, equating to a 450 basis point um, implicit Holy rate smokes. increase. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at. We're already at 225. If they increase rates and remove that off their balance sheets, that could have a pretty significant uh, impact on which way this market heads. So once again, you know, while it may not be, uh, you know, the the pain may not be felt immediately, I think over the next few months, we could definitely see this starting to impact the markets. Your thoughts, Glenn? Um, I'm with you. I think that a big part of being able to effectively make the economy right because that's the job of the fed not only do they have to raise the interest rates but they need to cut the stuff off their books and i i think that that's you know you were the one that gave me the website that showed that they really weren't doing that but now if they're going to effectively start doing that i think that that that's another tool to effectively go after inflation but cutting off the stuff that they have that they're holding on to is going to be big and i, I i'm with you 110 percent well, that's the thing that's interesting. Bring that up. Um, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago where it showed what the Fed is taking off its balance sheet. And while they say at the very top of the article, if we scroll back up here, come back up, come down a little bit underneath the image. Uh, Fed began unloading some of their treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. While, yes, half of this statement is true, they did remove some treasuries. Um, 
they actually they they did meet that forty seven point five billion dollars, but it's not from mortgage backed securities. They're actually increasing their uh, inventory of mortgage backed securities and decreasing everything else. So you know, with the rising interest rates, with the housing market starting to show some cracks in it, with mortgage companies starting to show cracks, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses going forward. Because yes, they may meet that 95 billion, but I don't think it's going to be on mortgage-backed securities like they say it is. I think they're going to be increasing the mortgage-backed securities and dumping other things, so they're going to be more, um, you know, focused on one one asset over another. And I think that could really cause the Fed's balance sheet to have a lot of issues going forward if they're loaded up all, you know, they're putting all their eggs in one basket essentially. So we'll see. Time will tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> Time All will right. tell. Next story. Costco MPW EMB hedge your bets with these stocks. Costco I like uh if we are in a recession. Costco I like because um stores or stores that people think or perceive give them the best bang for their buck are going to be companies that are going to survive. I did a video not too long ago about recession-proof stocks and ETFs, and one of the industries that tend to be recession-proof are consumer staples or you know things along those lines, the things that people have to have. They will trim the fat every place else to put the money towards being able to buy food to put into the homes. Um, MPW, uh, medical properties, I think that that is another recession-proof industry to be in. That was in my video as well. Uh, the other one, Enbridge, uh, provides some respect. Enbridge wasn't in my list when I put that video together, but this is a story about three stocks from a recession perspective to keep your eyes on two of them. I'm on board with the Enbridge one. I may or may not be on board with after we take a look at this stock. But, you know, when an inflation when inflation gets here or when inflation is here and possibly in a recession, you got to find the stocks or the industries that have the best ability to to still hold their own uh, in um, uh, in the market. Someone says MPB MPW is getting crushed. Remember, these are stocks that again tend to be recession proof. Doesn't mean that they don't have down days. Doesn't mean As that they don't go down. But but if you look over time, do these stocks have the ability to outperform the market or at least hold their own? And we're going to take a look at them. This is just a story. All right, this is just a story, but we're going to still use the power of the VectorVest software to determine whether or not these stocks are going to do what you want them to do. But I still think that overall, anything in the health space will tend to be stocks that people uh, that, that will go up because people, you know, they get sick. They got to go to doctor, all right? whether it's for equipment, whether it's for services, whether, all of that stuff. Uh, again, people will cut the fat around all the other things and put their money or concentrate it more on the things that they've got to have. And medical stuff is one of those, Michael. Medical stuff is definitely one of those. All right. So and again, for the purposes of this, it could be going down. One, one, one day doesn't make a trend. Two, let's go look at the long term look at it. All right. So we'll take a look at it. All right. That was my story. Let's go back. Got another Patrick story. Uh, Patrick's story, uh, investors have begun pricing in the odds of 100 basis points. Whoa, I like this story. You know why? What has your Uncle Glenn been telling you for the longest time? I wanted was... to give you some some props here because you have been saying the 100, point base, or 100 basis point move. At least and once. here's the article to kind of back up what you've been talking about. Go ahead. Take it away, Ben. Take it away. I mean, you can you can take this one. No, I no, no. Take, t- I, I got two other stories. Take this one. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, after the CPI data came out yesterday, uh, this article came out where now it's a very short article, so not a whole lot to it. But basically what we've been talking about, Glenn's been talking about of, you know, we just need to get it over or rip off that Band-Aid, do a 100 basis point move instead of doing these smaller moves. Really try to show that you're serious about inflation and trying to tackle inflation. Um, 
this now, after the CPI data came out yesterday, this now shows that the 100 basis point move is on the table and has about a 20% chance of happening. Still 75 basis point is the most likely scenario next week, but with the increase in the CPI data, there is now a 20% chance that we could see a full percent move on the interest rate increases or uh, next week. That and pretty much summarizes it. <laughs> the interesting thing, I got two things. The interesting thing about this, about the one basis point, one full basis point, when somebody asked me in a video that I just did recently in the comments, well, if that's the case, you know, uh, what do you foresee happening? Well, I think that if it's done, I don't think we still have a soft landing. Uh, you're going to start hearing those words come out more about a soft landing, a hard landing, a, a, a mild recession, deep recession. And I think that the Fed was, you know, was great when he said that what he's doing could cause the economy some pain. I think that that was very upfront. Okay, so we're going to go through the pain. Are we at a high threshold of that pain yet? No. And I think that, you know, if you do that one full basis point, will we get closer to that threshold of pain? Yes. But he's walking a tightrope. Does that one basis point push the economy over, over the fence into a deeper chasm? All right, so uh, I'm going to answer your question in a second, Lou. Uh, in regards to gas, but how many people in here, how many people in here think that we will get a one basis point at some point in time raise type of one in the room? If you don't think that he's got the intestinal, the testicular fortitude to do that type of two in the room. I type a two in a D if you don't think he's got the testicular fortitude to do it. Type of two in the room. All right. And oh, also, Lou, one thing why everybody's answering. Yeah. Another interesting point from the article is now after that data came out on yesterday, uh, the 50 basis point rate hike has turned the probability to zero. The odds are zero now. So there's no chance we're seeing a 50 basis point hike come next week. So it's right. either going to be a 75 per, or 75 basis point or a 100 basis point move next week. Or one basis point. Yeah. Everybody, every time I say 100 basis points, they're like, now nah, it's one basis, whatever. <laughs> All right. So now the, the second part of this 1%. is Lou says, don't forget, Glenn, you need gasoline to go and see the doctor. All right. And Patrick and I can both chime in on this. You guys do realize why gas prices are going down, right? Gas prices are going down because we took a lot of oil out of our reserves to help to drive the, the gas prices down. And we did. But I hope you guys realize. We just shot ourselves in the foot. Absolutely. God forbid we get a hurricane. God forbid, forbid we get a huge, deep down winter. Where are we going to pull the oil from, folks? So I understand that the administration said, well, we got to get these gas prices down. Let's go release from ours uh, to put more oil out there, you know, get more supply. But I think that prior to putting that supply out there, demand had started pulling back because a lot of people weren't going to pay those high prices. So gas prices were already going down before he released the reserves. Put the two together. That's why gas prices are still going down, but they're still higher than they were last year. All right, we so, need that fracking oil, man. I, and so <laughs> I put that out there to answer your question, Lou, about the driving to the doctor. Gas prices are coming down. Hopefully now you got a better understanding of why they're coming down. And just like Patrick said, we probably, we probably did shoot ourselves in the foot when it comes down to gas. Um, and we'll see what happens. I still think that oil is a great play. As you see most recently, petroleum is on the rise again. Um, we'll see what happens with it. It's a, I still think it's a good long-term play, but it's a, still a tough play because gas, uh, uh, oil is still below $100. I, 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 but I still think it's the place to be. I'm with you, Bill. I still think oil is the place to be. We need to refill the oil reserves by uh, uh, you're buying Oxy. Right now, I'm back in WTI. I'm playing both oil and I'm playing um, 
natural gas. I'm back and boil. Actually, I've been back and boil, and I I got my butt boiled, but uh, it's coming back, so I'm okay with that. It's coming back. All right. Uh, that was Patrick's last story. My last two story I'm going to go through quick. Ha! Remember we talked about Apple the last time you were here because you weren't here last week. What did you say about us Apple people? No, I was here last week. Was it last week? Was yeah. it the week before? Come on, Grandpa. Week? Was it the week before? The week when before did... I was out. It was the week before you were out. Oh, all right. Oh, well. Anyway, so remember what we talked about about Apple stock. What did you say? About it going up. You didn't think so. Why? Because why? I don't think the demand for the new iPhones and new high-end products are going to be as strong. And they're not. So what does this story say? That's I don't care what it says. Ah. iPhone 14 pre-sales are down 30% from the four, or the 13s. All right. So All right. Well, this I is, don't care you, what they're saying. Uh, and, stock- and you know something that this is this is just a story. Yeah, right, this is just a story. Um, iPhone at land. Blah, 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 not surprising about one thing, but uh, we already are seeing delivery times push to mid October for our many pro models. Three to four week delivery. And so far, the demand and orders for iPhone 14 are tracking slightly ahead of the iPhone 13. So I've now seen the article saying they're down 30 percent compared to the iPhone 13. I, so I'll you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go do a little bit more research on it, and we're going to compare notes, and we're going to, me and you are going to compare notes, and we'll take a look at it. All right, so, um, and John says, I know, look at Apple, it's going down, Glenn, no baking in the price chart at this time, that's fine. Uh, I'm not backing Apple yet, I'm going to time it, but I'm just, this is a story, and um, Patrick can probably find another story, which is fine, but I, I want to get a, a, a good, all right, how about we do this? How about in the room, for those people who are Apple fanatics, okay, what do you think about Apple? Well, Apple the, good, type of one. The thing Apple that you not- don't realize is I've been an Apple, like an Apple user and an Apple fan since 2000. Um, okay, since and, and that's fine. I, iPods. Like, I've, I'm a big Apple fan. I have Apple computers. I don't have a Windows computer. I don't use Windows computers at home. Like... I use Apple products, but I still don't think from a stock standpoint and from a macro standpoint that the sales are going to outpace what they have been. So I'm going to take you back because you're trying to show that you've been in it longer than I have. Hasn't been. I've been around one. I've been around longer than you. Two, I had a Mac for the purposes of I in, in, in high school to use it for CAD. So I had had, that's what we learned how to type on in typing class or computer class. Oh, back that was, first that, grade was I, Mac. that was just learning on it. But anyway, I have to, I'm probably going to supersede you and say, I've probably been an, an Apple player since before you, I'm going to assume that. Well, nobody was an Apple player before the iPods came out. So, I mean, except for their computers back in the early nineties. That's what I'm talking about. Late. I'm talking about having a $5,000 Apple computer when it first came out. That that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, my first computer was a was a Mac for, and I used it for college. All right, so but man, college for you, yeah, I was I was full grown, so I was <laughs> I I still been in it a little longer than you. I think I honestly think. All right, anyway, anyway, um, and then when the Apple Revolution came out in 2007, I had the first iPhone and iPod and and all of that kind of stuff. I've been around. I love Apple. I'm part of the Apple ecosystem. I am part of um, the cult, if you want to call it that. Um, So I I, I still think that for the long term, Apple's still going to be a great stock. It's still a revolutionary stock when it comes down to the from computers, even from Intel and going against Intel. Um, I, I think overall, that whole, for the lack of a better word, cult are going to still be the people that's going to support the Apple product. It's going to still push it up. And it's an eclectic group. It really is. And the story you had last week or the idea you had last week is that people wouldn't spend the money on these phones. People don't have the money to spend, though. That's not everybody. And I think it's that is the vast majority of people. 
I, 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 and if that's the case, when we look at these numbers on how, uh, what they compare to, to the 13, I think that even if they're, even if they're slightly behind, it's still a lot of people and a lot of money being spent driving Apple's earnings higher. All right. So I, I think, I think the story shows that the demand in this story is still high, high enough that it's pushing, um, the the times people for people aren't to get gonna the go phone. shell out sixteen hundred dollars for a cell phone right now, Glenn. Let's be I, honest about it. I, I, I'm I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna do it. And there's a lot of people like there me will that be will some, do. but there's not. Most people don't have. You realize fifty six percent of Americans right now are feeling the pinch from from inflation. Fifty six percent of uh, Americans right now say that they are in some sort of financial hardship because of inflation. All right. And you're expecting that number to increase, that people are more people now are going to go buy the iPhone than I before think inflation that, really came I in? I think that the people who are already buying it are the crux of the sales, the crux, not all of it, but no. the crux of the sales for Apple. And I think that they're still going to be on board with it. Again, time will tell. I just saw the story. Yeah. I And I compared it to what we were talking about Last week, we're going to see. That's all we can do. We're, we're going to see. Um, and Tyree says he's rolling with Patrick on Apple. And you know something? That's fine. That is I think it's a great stock, and I think it's a great company, and they make great products. But even the best stocks go down the down market. And so while, yes, it's a great stock and a great company, and they have more money than our current government does, it's not going to stop it from going down because of inflation, because of the macro environment. That's, and then, that's all I'm saying. And Beavertail put out, um, don't the majority of the people get the high-end phones through contracts with phone companies instead of buying outright? And I think that everybody, for the most part, Wait, are, the com- are paying... companies buy people phones? We've been doing this all wrong, Glenn. No, no, no. When we go, <laughs> when we go to buy our phones, nobody's spending $1,600 outright. So I think that that... Um, from the from what Beavertail is saying, do we really feel that pinch? Nobody's spending sixteen hundred dollars, or even if it goes with two thousand, nobody's spending that money outright. They have it on a plan, so it's paying out over time. So it's not as harsh as you made it out to be, saying that people are not going to go spend that money outright. They're not, because Beavertail is right. They do put it on a plan. They're only paying X amount of money per month. We'll see. All we can do is say we'll see. All right. Last story I got, Tesla. Tesla supercharger stations, 34% growth in the year. Uh, I put this story out for the people who are saying that the grid's not ready I uh, uh, for electric cars. I don't disagree with that. But what I have been saying is that it's, it's going to come into fruition. Um, the money from infrastructure bill uh, is being sent out to the states to build the the charger network, the charger grid. So Tesla supercharger stations, 34% growth in a year. That's that's something that's on a positive note. You want to add anything to that before we go and look at the stocks? You're the the supercharger man. Yeah, I, I'm still on the I'm still on the EV side. I still am. All right. Uh if you follow me on Twitter, I did tweet out a story that what it costs Tesla to make a car now compared to what it did a year ago there's a big drop and i think it's on the forefront of being able to start to produce a lot more affordable evs all right so let's take a look why is xroth not trading today don't know uh, i own xroth i didn't see that it wasn't trading i i own do you still own any xroth right now patrick uh can i plead the fifth on that okay you can i i know i own i own xroth um so tesla is up zero where's tesla uh tesla's not in this list all right let's take a look at this uh this is not what i wanted to be this is where i wanted to be let's go see what's going on in the market today all right in the market today mixed market the dow back and forth back and forth on the market today uh the Dow is slightly in the red, nothing, in, even on the upside, the Qs, the NASDAQ is up four-tenths of a percent. That's the biggest winner on the upside. Nothing's going terribly down. Nothing's going terribly up. But if we go to the graphs and look at the market, and that's end of day, 
I'm going to go put on um, the market timing graph intraday five-minute bars. Look at the swings. All right, starting from the open, here's the 930-minute. Look at the swings. High volatility, which means the VIX is definitely over 20 and probably rising, but a lot of swing of nation going on throughout the day. Looks like for the session today, we found a level of support right here, bouncing off the level of support on five-minute bars, the three and the eight about to cross. Um, here's the session high for the day, looking at the Vector Vest composite. The session high today sitting at about $55.16. For those of you who are new, what are we looking at? We're looking at an indicator called the Vector Vest composite or the VVC, which tracks the move of over 9,000 stocks. And we use this for the purposes of market timing, get a better feel of the broad market move. We're sitting in a little bit of a channel. Here's the 930 minute right about here. All right, looks like we um, fell to a session low, got back up, now at a mid-session low, uh, mid-session low, and it looks like we're sitting in a little bit of a channel. That's intraday. And then on an end-of-day basis, here's the last four, you know, prior to this big pullback yesterday, we went up for four days in a row. I stated that I thought that this was going to be short-term because our indicators, the MTI and buy-to-sell ratio, never really got below their levels to, to discern that the market was truly looking for a major bottom. Right yeah, now, here, all, here we are with the big move down yesterday. The three fell below the eight. We've got a closed candle today, which means the price right now is lower than the open this morning. Um, it's green because it is higher than the previous day's close. A lot of buying pressure, a little bit of selling pressure, but a closed candle. And that's where we sit right now. But keep in mind, put this on the six-month graph. Here's the downtrend of the market. We broke through coming off of this June, nicely went up. But this back here did signify that we were looking for a major market bottom. It happened. Here, nothing signified that we were looking for a major market bottom, and that reversal was a little short as of right now, and we're right at the down level from November. We're challenging as a level of support. If it falls below, we definitely have some more downside. Patrick, between these two graphs, is there anything that you want to add to any of that? Um, not really on the graph. Uh you know, I think we've both been talking about that. I've been talking about it in the Jockey Club a lot, you know, keeping an eye on the MTI. Uh, you know, we got to the, we got close to that level of 0.6, but like you said, we never got there. Um, and then, Glenn, what's the the one, uh, what's the earliest sign that the market is starting to go back up? Primary wave. Well, based off the color guard. Green lights in the color guard pricing column. Yep. Have we had any of that since we got that confirmed down signal? Nope. So there just is more confirmation to what we've been saying. There it is. The homepage, no green lights in the color guard pricing column. Primary wave did go up for those four days. And now with today's action, it's back down, but no green lights in the color guard pricing column. So, um, Ron says, I noticed your BSR went down to 0.38 as of yesterday's close. You've recommended looking for a bottom when this gets down to about 0.20 when the MTI gets to 0.60. So, Ron, taking that information that you just said, see how the market fell? Notice where the MTI finished at that perceived bottom at 0.64. See where the buy-to-sell ratio was at? 0.28, it never went below those levels before the market rebounded. And that's why I felt that this bounce or this up move was going to be short-lived. And so far, that's coming to fruition. All right. All right. So with that, let's go back to the viewers tab. Fastest, we know something. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to even look. The fastest moving industries and sectors that we have right now, uh, there's two. Actually, there's three. Um, contra ETFs are on the rise. Steel is on the rise. And someone says, any news on steel, says Jawahar. Jawahar, Chandra. Any news on steel? Slightly down today. I hadn't seen any specific news that would have pushed it down, but I do know that 
Um, it's been contra ETFs on the rise, steel on the rise, and petroleum on the rise. Those are the three major industries that are rising at this particular point in time. Patrick, anything you want to add in regards to what industries are moving? Mm, that's I don't really follow specific industries right okay. now. So, you know, oil, <laughs> oil, oil, and more oil, <laughs> pretty much. I got you. I got you. Oh, is there a group for- I'll add one coal in there as well. Um, is there any stocks um for fertilizer? Give me give me a fertilizer stock. Uh, I was looking at some earlier today. Let me see if I can find it. Just real give quick. me one. I'm gonna show you how to find it, Stan Binks. Uh, searches Moss. There we go. There we go. That's fine. That'll work. So, real quick, Stan, if you want to find what other stocks are in that group, notice that I've got mosaic. Right click. And watch this. View the stocks in the industry group. Ooh. And now I can pull up all of the stocks that are in that space, which is 10. There's SQM, NTR. There you go. Stan, does that answer your question? Beaver said SQM. Bingo! Yeah, SQM, SQM is the one I was going to say, too, because it's one of the only other industry or sectors showing up in Premier Growth Stocks. So, so Stan, for the purposes of ever trying to find... Other stocks in one industry, just type in a stock. I type in any stock that's in that industry. When you right-click on it, you can view the stocks in that industry group. That's a good way to be able to do that. All right. Oh, yes, I knew how to do that. I was checking to see if you knew how to do that. Hell, how am I not supposed to know how to do that? So, you know, I'm going to give this one. I'm mean, going to give to you, Stan. You did forget that I was here last week, so he does have a valid point. I just, I just did that for you, Stan. <laughs> I just so did that for you. <laughs> All right. Um, customer picks. We're going to come back to that in a second. Let's go. No, I'm back. I just went to my sister's. Oh, are y'all talking to yourself? I think y'all talking to yourself. All right. Um, let's do my picks first. Glenn's picks. Let me go my last week's picks. Do, 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 do. Here's my last week picks. CPRX, stock that was just rising, has been. Google was on there. Citigroup, Neo, Cooper Software. I had news on all of these stocks, so those were my picks from last week. Let's go back. Let's go see what they did. Hey, they beat the market. It's primarily one stock, though. It was primarily Neo. Hey, I don't remember what need. the story was, was was on Neo. I don't, I don't remember what the story was on Neo, but uh, since the story they were last missing, week, missing uh, production numbers, I think they were missing production numbers. I think so. They were coming in and forecasting less than, or they weren't selling oh, as many. They missed the earnings, but they were higher on revenue. That okay? They were higher on revenue. All right. Uh, the biggest loser was Adaptive, down eight percent. But overall, the picks outperformed the market. Uh, I mean, surviving yesterday and being green after yesterday—that's not bad, man. <laughs> I I agree with that, man. I agree with that. All right, let's go see what stocks I got for today. Here's my stories. I picked out two other stocks outside of my story, uh, and that was oil. And natural gas. I did time them. I got back into them. Um, we'll see how they work out for the next week. Go do a unit search for big new high in the last 10 days. I upped the stock price to eliminate the super cheap ones, but it shows what is moving in today's market. Oh, if I ever want to see what's moving in today's market, I got the derby. I got the derby. <laughs> I got the derby. So I don't have to do that, Stan. If I want to see what's moving in today, Look at this. I got a search that's up 29% today, and I can see what stocks early in the morning, which are moving for today's market. So I'm not going to show it because I got people that pay for this tool. And I, I got people that pay what, for this tool. So, I'm, But you want to, you know, from that stand, I got the ability to see what's moving today by way of the Derby. And here's our Jockey Club, which is where we have our live trading room where uh, from 9 to 10, um, 9 to 10.30, where Patrick found that stock that was up 150%. All right, so from a daily basis, that's what I got the Derby for, my friend. Um, you are the morning Derby Jockey I trust. I'm one of them. Patrick's one of them. I'm one of them. And Steve Chappell is the third one. There's three of us that do our Jockey Club. 
All right. Uh, let's go back to the viewers. So these are my stocks. Costco, Apple, uh, Enbridge, MPW, Tesla were all part of the news stories that I had. But my other two stocks I added with WTI and Boyle. All right. Let's go highlight all of these. Let's go look at their graphs. View the stock graph. I'm going to put them all on a six-month graph. I'm going to do an actually sigh. I'm going to admit it from a technical standpoint. I'm going like to go use Patrick's graphs. ugly layout. <laughs> but but I'm going to use it because somebody was talking about, you know, some of the stocks were down. Where is it? Crap. Now I can't find it. <laughs> but I know it's here. You know you I, like it. I got to I got to clean this up, I think. Patrick. All right, so Patrick is my tech guy. He's he really is really good at the technicals. I'm not nearly as good as he is on the technicals. But remember, these are stocks from a news perspective. Um, what I think about them, I, I look at Tesla. Tesla, because it is superchargers, uh, news could drive the stock's price higher. It's sitting in a little bit of a channel. I'm looking at the MACD. Could be possibly getting ready to po uh, go positive. I'm looking at the DPO. Uh, could be getting ready to go positive as well. Does the stock have some upside from the technicals? Absolutely. I look at the fundamentals. The stock is fundamentally sound by relative value and relative safety. If you're not in Tesla, I would wait. If you are, leave it alone. All right. I do have a level of a floor that if it breaks below that I would think about getting out, which is sitting at about 264.96. If it drops below that level of the floor, that's the time you probably should think about closing Tesla. Let's go to WTI. I timed it. 388 a couple of days ago did turn up. Remember, I told you oil was a tough play. Uh, but if you look back from this uh, mid to end of June, early July, WTI has been on the rise, moving up. Found a level of support, the 3A cross, a little bit of selling pressure on today's candle, but definitely an open candle. I'd really like to see it take out the six-month high. Going to look at Costco. Now, I still think that this is a recession-proof stock. Right now, though, if I'm thinking about being in it, I'd wait. The stock was sitting in a little bit of a weird freaking channel, sort of, kind of, but it broke below that level of support sitting at 510.64. I would wait on Costco, all right? I still think that it's a recession-proof stock, but right now um, it's pulled off a little bit. Coming off of this low back in May, though, it ran, it moved sideways, now pulling back. I would so wait on it. Go ahead. Real quick, you said you keep talking about recession-proof stocks, but you haven't said, do you have a favorite recession-proof stock? That's a good question. Um, talk to me next week. Let me think about that. Let me give you, I don't, I don't, there's a few, there's a few recession proof stocks that I feel are, are, are really good. As a matter of fact, hold on. Okay. Let's, top one or two. That's fine. I, I'm just curious. Hold on. You, were, you had some articles about today. Where is it? Recession, recession proof stocks to buy. There was the video. Um, I'm about utilities or that kind of stuff. I like Duke. All right. I think from the standpoint of oil and knowing that Warren Buffett's been tracking it a lot. I like Occidental Petroleum. And then I'm going to take one more for the cheaper, cheaper food, cheaper getting stuff that you got to have. I'm liking Dollar General and Dollar Tree. So this was the group that I was going to go to anyway to get your answer. But this is where I did the video from. Um, these were my 10 stocks that were, that were my recession-proof stocks. Um, and if I had to pick any of my favorites, that's where they would come from. How about that? I like it. All right. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about Costco. Let me get through these real quick. Next one is Apple. Ah, I got a level of support. All right, 152.56. Even, and I'm with Patrick. Doesn't matter what the story said. I'm with Patrick. If the stock falls below this level of 152.56, I'd say be careful. And it's probably got more legs to the downside. All right. So as much as I like Apple, I'm not in love with Apple. And I do think that Patrick brings some common sense to the table. I just have a little bit of a biased opinion because I'm an Apple geek. I'm, uh, I'm going to admit it outright. I'm going to admit it outright. But the graph don't lie. 
And the graph says it's in a downtrend. The graph says it's close to a level of support. It tells me that the DPO is negative. It, every, Patrick is right in regards to that respect. But I got a saving grace that it's not below that level of support. We'll see. I mean, right? and I agree with you. It's a great stock, great company. They do have awesome products. I, I'm not disagreeing with you in the slightest on that one. All right. And everybody who's typing Team Android, that's what I got never for you. Used an iPhone. And you can't, you can't hear the sounds, but I just hit the toilet song for everybody who's Team Android. <laughs> for, and Boston's in the room, so I did that specifically for Boston. I really did that specifically for Boston. All right, and I got two more stocks. Let me get because I got to get to your stocks, man. Enbridge, another petroleum stock. Uh, I still think that petroleum is going to be good up uh, long term. Right now, I got a lot of headwinds here. Be careful with it. It is coming off a level of support, though. Um, let's see if we can get out of all of this headwinds. MPW, medical property, uh, REIT. And guess what? It's below that level of support. Right now, I wouldn't touch it. Even though it made the news and it says that, you know, recessionary type of stock, right now, I wouldn't touch it. I that wouldn't touch volume, it. Just, that volume is... And that means people are not, 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 that it's not only going down, people are getting rid of it actively. People are dumping it yep. in there as fast as they can. So, yep, it was a story. I told you we were going to look at it. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it based on, even though the news says, oh, it's going to be, yeah, I wouldn't touch it. And boil, nice move on boil. I've been riding it down since all of this as I owned it. I'm still in the negative, but a nice rebound here coming off support, the 3.8 cross today. The DPO just looks like it went positive, did it? Yep. Yep, it went positive. MACD is showing some strength. I think that this could be a good time. To, now, if you do get into boil, which is natural gas, watch this level of resistance of 123.75. All right, Patrick, I used up a lot of time, so let's go look at your That's stuff, fun. bro. Let's go look at your stuff. Go to watch list viewer. Oh, that's not the one I wanted. Oh, so by the way, while you're pulling that up, three stocks to look at. I think uh, Beaver put it in, and I agree with that. Uh, AutoZone O'Reilly, great recessionary stock. I agree with that. Um, and then the other one that I'm surprised isn't on the list, but Sam Adams. Um, Everybody wants to get drunk. Yep. That, <laughs> I, I'm, yep. Every single recession, people want to drown their, their depression out, so they still drink alcohol. It, it's fact, man. It's... it's Regardless of your thoughts on it, it, it that's people's natural, natural uh, go-to there. So, and he's not wrong. He, he's not wrong. <laughs> All right. I, uh, he, wait. Where's my old stocks? Where's my picks from last week? Uh, let's go take a look. What the flying flip? I don't know, bro. Where'd you put? Oh, hold on. Let me click off of it. Let me click back on it. Oh, did I do it? But why would I have done it? That wouldn't have been silly, man. Cause I had GameStop in there too last week and that went up. All right. Hold on. You remember what you had? Yeah. Go ahead. What else? Um, I had Jimmy. I had, where was it? I had a list of them here. Uh, They're probably in that Apple, which was a short and then KOLD. Is that it? Yep. All right. Just those three last week. All right. Sorry. I don't know. I I had to have gotten rid of it. I don't know why I would have done it. That's silly. It's fine. Uh, let's go to quick test them. You Maybe say Apple short? Embarrassment? Who knows? There's Apple short. Ooh. That hurt you. That means boil went. And yeah, cold so boil went. went up. Man, and cold, that's the thing is I... It didn't make sense. He's, you did say that. You you said the that. Technical the technical look just gave it a look. But hey, there's GameStop. I'll take that. GameStop at sixteen point two six. There I'll you take go. That. All right. All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened in that, and I apologize. Hey, you're just saving the embarrassment from cold. That's fine. Uh, okay. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Let's go stream this. There's your there's your picks. All right, so none of mine have articles with them. Um, three of them are long situations or long positions. One of them is the hedge just in case. Uh, you know, by this time next week, we will have the Fed announcement of the interest rate hike. Um, so 
in case something goes on, I like UVXY as the potential hedge um, for the unknown going into next week. Uh, but the other three are stocks that, you know, from a fundamental and a technical basis, for the most part, look pretty good or look good from either one or the other for the most part. Uh, but petroleum, we've seen petroleum continuing to climb. Oh, I need to request control again. Uh, petroleum, EPM is the stock that I like the look of. Uh, AZPN has good fundamentals, really strong long-term potential, high RS, nice steady uptrend, something outside. It's really, really, it was really hard this week to find something outside of petroleum that looks strong, um, that still had, you know, upside potential, still has some growth potential. Uh, but AZPN, after doing a lot of a lot of digging, was the one that I came up with that I like. It is overvalued, but really good fundamentals, and I like the chart of it as well. Uh, then SENS, um, you know, it's one we've talked about on and off here over the last few last few years. Actually, um, it had a pretty big run recently. It's been pulling back, and I like the setup of it. So. Um, I wanted to get it put in. It was trading around 150. So right now, if it's trading at 157, it's obviously taking off since since I put it in the list. But um, let's go ahead, take a quick look at these. We'll graph these. Put it on a six-month look. So with EPM, you have a nice explo or explosive move here today, strong volume. You're seeing this on a lot of the petroleum stocks. Uh, but the thing I liked about this one, even when we zoom out to a year basis on this one, you have this level of resistance. I'll use the horizontal cursor. But you have a level of resistance right around $8 a share. You've hit it once here, failed to break through. Twice here, failed to break through. Third time's a charm. If it can close above this $8 resistance level today, I like that as an entry and then use that eight as your uh, basically line of sand to keep yourself protected if it starts pulling back going forward. Um, but yeah, I was looking at it. It was struggling to break eight. Looks like we're finally getting above that, starting to pull away. So I like that even more now than I did a few hours ago when I was trying to figure out if this was going to make the list. Uh, looking at it, MACD just starting to turn positive on a short-term basis once again, a new indicating a new uptrend starting to form. Uh, longer term, still in a nice uptrend. So I like this one. You guys, you guys uh, getting all cute over there? <laughs> I can hear you guys having a conversation. <laughs> oh. I couldn't tell what you were saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, AZPN. Um, let me go ahead and do this. So with this week's uh, Monday video, we talked about RSI and especially the RSI 50. You got a lot of a lot of people looking at it. So I wanted to add this onto the list here today. Technical analysis. RSI. Scroll down to the bottom of this list. Bump that up to a 14. And then we'll use horizontal cursor or horizontal line. Put that at 50, close enough. There we go. So I like this from the RSI 50 play. One, you're right at resistance. So to, to jump onto this play, I need to see it break this resistance level. Um, it needs to go past this high. So that's one thing that you need to see for follow through. Um, two on another thing, or looking at the MACD, MACD on a short term basis just turned positive a couple of days ago, still on a longer term basis, uh, and a steady uptrend since the MACD is above that level of zero. And then from the RSI 50, you stayed above that, you got above the 50 here. This would have been your original entry looking at it from that standpoint, stayed above it, hovered right around that 50 level, found the support, then continuing up. From a longer term trend or from a trending stock, that's what you want to see. If it breaks down below that level 50, that's more of a warning sign um, that, you know, the trend may be dissipating. But the fact that it held that 50 level and then bounced off of that tells us a continuation here. So I like the look at this one. One of the very few stocks outside of petroleum that I could find that still looks favorable. Um, we go in next one. Come on. 
UVXY, once again, this is my hedge against the unknown for next week. Rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. I say it a lot, but still holds true. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, from what I've been looking at, we're still a little early on this one. Uh, one of the, the key things I've been following that would tell me that we're, we're on time, um, looking at the trend line on the MACD here, You can even zoom this out a little bit more. We can go to a one year and you can see this is the second period. But basically, if you extend this trend line out back in time, you will see that uh, we've been, MACD has been steadily hitting lower highs, lower lows. But recently, Mac, or UVXY has been pulling back. We're right up against that trend line on the MACD. If we break above that, then that would be a really strong look that UVXY is getting ready for a new uptrend. So before the Fed even announces anything next week, we're already starting to see early signs. So that's why I wanted to keep this in as a potential hedge here. Uh, Michael's asking, is DRV a good or good hedge play? DRV has been a good hedge play. We talked about it a while ago. Um, you know, by the time everybody else is talking about it, you've missed the majority of the run. So just be careful with that, I will say. Uh, so then last but not least, SCNS. So yeah, this is seeming to get a little bit of a rebound here from when I was looking at it earlier. So you had a, a positive announcements. So good news for the stock pulled back or ran up, hit a high of almost 250, been pulling back, but you have this support floor here at around 150 a share. You held here, also held here. Uh, so the fact that it's holding that 150 level, trying to bounce off of that, I definitely like seeing, I'd like to see volume pick up a little bit, but then you look at the MACD, the histogram has been slowly shrinking here, indicating short-term momentum has been dissipating. So this is going to be my speculative play. If, you know, the Fed, Fed doesn't do anything crazy. Um, nothing crazy happens by this time next week. Uh, you know, the markets start to move higher off of that. They, the fears start to lower. These lower dollar stocks, more aggressive plays could definitely be setting up for a good run. Um, so yeah, this is going to be my more speculative play. I like the fact that it has a double bottom holding that, getting a bounce as of right now. Uh, so yeah, those are going to be my, my picks going into next week though. All right, that's, that's going to be it for me. All right. Um, as we do every, every week, you guys are either hit or miss. We put stock, you know, we ask you for stocks that you want us to look at. And sometimes we get some, many times we don't. I'm going to put it up again. That's the time when we're going to look at your stocks. That's the time we're going to look at your stocks. Before we go, though, I do want to bring something to your attention. Um, we got something coming up on the September 30th of this year uh, that we want you guys to be aware of. Um, we have, uh, it's not a summit. It is a stock market masterclass, September 30th, 2022. It's going to be for one day, uh, breakthrough techniques that give ordinary investors a massive edge over wall street. If you go to www.vectorvest.com forward slash master class, all right, www.vectorvest.com forward slash master class and joey put the link in the room for you right there click on that um you guys are going to get the first opportunity to sign up for this master class folks all right click on that link click on register it's going to be a freaking life-changing event uh, um if we scroll down a little bit uh we put it on the facebook as well uh, unlock the incredible wealth building potential of this stock market. Um, our VectorVest system, and this is for the people who are not subscribers to the software. And need and understand this: you don't need to be a subscriber to the software to attend this masterclass. Even if you're not a subscriber to the software, this is free. Go click on it and sign up for it. We've outperformed the S&P 500 by 10 times over the last 22 years. All right, we're going to teach you techniques like how to build and manage a winning portfolio with confidence, knowing when to sell and to avoid big losses and lock in profits, pick the right stocks, how to profit in the down market, achieve consistency improvement uh, with 
proven rules-based investing. Um, scrolling down, here's some of the main speakers that will be there. Dr. Delito will actually have uh, a talk that's going to be there if you want to see that as well. I will be hosting it as well as giving a talk. Um, and these these are the people that will be there. Again, register, www.vectorvest.com forward slash uh, masterclass or click the link that Joey provided for you. And last but not least, here's the agenda. Once you click that link, you go through this same web page right here. You'll see all of the talks. I have a talk at 10 o'clock, the VectorVest system of analyzing and ranking stocks. So uh, www.vectorvest.com forward slash masterclass. Uh, it's a stock market masterclass. Folks, I think that this could really, really, really be a life-changing thing. So we wanted to tell you about that. This is the first time that we've talked about it on a live stream. Patrick will probably talk about it again on um, his stream for the mobile app. I will probably mention it again on Trending Thursday tomorrow as well. Uh, we're going to start pumping this out because it just a couple of weeks before it happens, you guys want to be there. You guys want to be there. All right. So um, will that be recorded as I work that day? I believe so. We normally keep it up on, the, on, on YouTube for like a weekend. So if, you know, if this is on a Friday, if you can't watch it, you come home from work, you'll be able to watch it as many times as you want over the weekend. All right. Uh, Roger says, holy yogurt. I got to get up at six for that. Yes, you do. But it's well <laughs> worth it. Yeah, ye Roger, listen to me. Come here, come here, Roger. It's life-changing. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, do you have a plan for life program? Yes, it's called the, the Holy Bible. All right, that's all I'm going to say <laughs> about that. that. And I strongly believe in that, Peter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It may sound like I'm laughing about it, but absolutely, that is the plan for life program right there. All right, um, we get ready to close out for today. Patrick, we talked about a lot of stuff today, didn't we? We did. All right, so um, hopefully if you're brand new and you haven't been here before, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. How many likes did we get? 50. Good, Gordon, Jen. How you guys many people are disappointing did we... me today. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe everybody thinks this is a Monday. Folks, no, we brought me, a man. lot I, of stuff. I mean, only 50-some likes with over... With uh, over a hundred people here, come yeah, on, I know. it's all right. It's all right. You know, come we can't on. we can't twist their arms, nor would I. If you felt that this was well worth your time to be here, hit the like button. That's all I got to say about it. All right, um, I'll sign us out this week. All right, um, what's your? You got any closing remarks before I sign us out? No. All right. So with that, folks. Yeah, that's right. Energy says hit the like button. Hit the like button. When's the barbecue? Oh, Joey's going to make barbecue for us. Joey's a barbecue. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a pit boss. Ooh. Yeah, Joey's a pit. Joey can, can throw down on some food. So Joey's going to do a barbecue. He's going to invite everybody from the Jockey Club and everybody from VV Nation over to his house for barbecue. But I'm going to buy all of the food. I'm going to buy all of the food and Joey's going to just going to cook it up. All right. Ooh, so with wow. that. Holy Folks, damn. thank you for being here today. Adios, vivederci, ciao, au revoir, sayonara, aloha to all my peeps in Hawaii. Bom dia, salam, shalom, namaste, yasu. Until next time, folks, see ya. The masterclass is free. The masterclass is free. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for supporting our podcast and for being a part of VV Nation. Remember, you can always get a free stock analysis on your stocks. Simply go to VectorVest.com forward slash free. Type in your symbol, submit your email, and we will email your analysis.